0: What's going on, guys? This is Dave Holloman, a.k.a. Dynasty Dorks, and this is the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, presented to you by Winbet. Winbet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, Winbet has what you need to win. If you sign up today, you bet $100, you're going to get $100. The SportsCandlingPodcast.com, bachelors, Winbet. The SportsCandlingPodcast.com, bachelors, W Y N N B E T. state restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by the College Basketball Experience, March Madness is heating up. If you need if you need to describe to subscribe the College Basketball Experience, it's awesome, baby. This side uh, not working for me. All right, we're not going to do the intro because I got a whole bunch of stuff popping up here. We're going to do a Superflex Rookie Mock Draft. We got 4 rounds, 12 teams, Superflex, and Brad and I did not make any of the picks. So there's not going to be anything in here with Brad or I having our Homer picks when we say that is our favorite pick of the draft. Cause of course, if it was our team, it would be our favorite. Of course. <laughs> Come on. Bijan Robinson at the one Oh one. It was an auto pick, but Bijan Robinson at the one Oh one is the auto pick. The only other option really is to trade back. If you need a quarterback, you're, you know, maybe you want to trade back a little bit, but not too far. If your team is bad, 90% of you, I am sorry, but you should trade B. John Robinson. You should trade the 101. If your team is bad, do not waste B. John Robinson on it when you can get three, four, five first, plus get to name Brad's next kid. I mean, you're going to get anything you want for that pick. You might as well take advantage of it. 101, Bijan Robinson. No, no concerns for me, Brad. So at one hundred and two, yeah,
1: it's going to be Jameer Gibbs. A little bit of a surprise for me. I would have thought you probably pivot to the quarterback position at the one hundred and two, but I'm okay with Jameer Gibbs. He's my overall number two running back as well. A guy who's had over a thousand all-purpose yards the last couple seasons, and damn near eight hundred his freshman season at Georgia Tech. He's he's a Highly touted five-star recruit. The dude's done everything you want. He's got the pass catching chops of the class, and he can run between the tackles and the outside a little bit. So I think it's a good pick at the running back position. But I personally, because it is a super flex, would have gone with one of these quarterbacks here.
0: Yeah. And he was asking, can we trade? And (laughs) we're not trading in the 62nd per pick mock draft. But you can trade. And um, you know, as far as in your real drafts, and if you trade in your real draft, yeah, you most likely are going to want to trade that pick because you can get Jameer Gibbs at the 5 or maybe the sixth spot and get another a future second-round pick or a second-round pick this year on top of it, maybe even more if someone's really desperate for one of those quarterbacks. So I I do like Gibbs a lot, and and 102 as far as the second running back off the board, I don't hate that, but yeah, 102 is definitely going to get people going, what? I mean, people in the draft thought it was an auto. Yep. <laughs> uh, 103, C.J. Stroud before Bryce Young. That one's going to be interesting. A lot of people have them kind of 1A, 1B. Um, Daniel Jeremiah was on the on his uh, call today, media call. He said it's Bryce Young and then a gap. And then there's C.J. Stroud. And C.J. Stroud is the leader in the clubhouse with Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, and then a little bit behind them is, is, is Hennon Hooker. Um, but C.J. Stroud went here. We don't know where the landing spot is. That might change whenever we have our drafts. And this draft could change after the combine. It is combine week. Uh, We already got measurements on Bryce Young. But as far as as CJ Stroud, um, he's going to throw, it sounds like. Bryce Young is not. And so uh, we'll see how that goes this week. And we'll see how the buzz is because a lot of people will get some buzz after the combine.
1: Yeah. So the 104, you're looking at Bryce Young. Bryce Young staring at you in the face. Most people's QB1 of the class in a super flex draft setting at the one Oh four, like just as quickly as possible, just smash it. I, you can't go wrong here. I would have been shocked had any of the receivers come off the board here or any other running back at the one Oh four. When you've got this guy looking at you, a guy who's probably, uh, you know, like you said, Daniel Jeremiah says, is kind of ahead of the rest of the class by a decent amount uh, he can do anything you want him to do. The size is the concern, but he's going to go into a system in Houston. I believe he's going to end up being that number two pick as well, uh, where they're going to lean on D'Amico Ryan's in that defense. They're going to lean on the run a little bit. I think that's going to help uh, help Bryce Young a little bit, just kind of get his feet wet and get into the NFL. And you're not leaning on him expecting to go to the playoffs or the Super Bowl in year one or anything crazy like that. But at the one Oh four, that's a smash play for me.
0: Well, I'll pull a lee corso and say not not so fast. Um, <laughs> they're picking at the 102, and apparently there's several teams interested in trading up with Chicago, and we'll see if it happens. Houston might be one of them. I if Houston is in love with Bryce Young and they kind of like CJ Stroud and it's gonna cost them a couple thirds to go move up there, then they might do that. If if the you know the Bears would rather move back to two and get their favorite player versus moving back to four, even nine to Carolina or something like that. But if the Colts are trying to trade up, and the Texans know the Colts are trading up to get that guy, and they love that guy, the Texans might have to move up, or they're just going to get the second choice, which Daniel Jeremiah talked about some of the guys that have been traded up for recently. Not great. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I Sam Donald and, and RG3, it's not worked out for guys that have traded up Carson Wentz.
1: I just don't, and I'm not in with NFL scouts and teams like Daniel Jeremiah is, but is there really that much of a difference? I would say C.J. Stroud is pretty damn close to Bryce Young, and it would not shock me. I wouldn't be appalled if somebody had him as the QB1 of their group. He's not mine, but it wouldn't shock me, so um yeah, he I came can't in imagine a- guys doing that kind of leapfrog for you know players that are pretty close or pr- pretty similar in uh, profile. So
0: He came in at 5'10 and a half, 194 pounds. He said he's working with a nutritionist, trying to get up to 210. Um, sounds like he'll probably be around 200 at his pro day. I don't know, about 210. Um, the uh, Todd McShake. at that weight room. The Todd McShay quote today was, uh, I would be scared as hell if I was a quarterback drafting him. So that's not good. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigwe talking about Todd McShay. Uh, Best friends with Todd McShay. Um, JSN comes off the board as the wide receiver one in this class. Um, Brad, you'll be happy today. Uh, Lance Zerline talked about uh, JSN being a Keenan Allen type of player. I know you took a little flack for that comp. Body type, it's not it. Player, you know, play style. That's what they're talking about. And JSN could be the first, you know, receiver off the board. Um, You know, could be, you know, in the the 15, 16 kind of a range. Um, Right here, and this is a PPR draft. JSN could be one of the top picks. Um, You know, you look at him and you think this guy is just going to be, he can't play outside, but he's done most of his work in the slot. And he could be a PPR machine.
1: Yep, absolutely. At 106, we're looking at Will Levis, another quarterback off the board, uh, out of Kentucky, a guy who's had a couple years of production, looked much better last year than he did this year. I'm okay with this, but you, you're you starting to get into that question mark territory. Now you expect him to be a top 10 pick, top 12. I'd be shocked if he gets past the Raiders at seven. Um, yeah, that's kind of where you see a lot of the mocks go, go in, you know, or, or is he going to, are the the Raiders going to take Will Levis, or are they going to take Anthony Richardson? I've got Will Levis at my number three quarterback, so I like this pick at the 106. To be able to get a starting quarterback there, I think is a pretty good spot. Um, I don't know if I would have done it. I am personally a little leaning towards Jordan Addison, who's my wide receiver one in this spot, because I want to... I. I There are some concerns with the rest of these quarterbacks on the board after you get outside of Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, and I just don't know if I'm ready to pull the trigger on him just yet, but I can't argue with him being the QB3 off the board.
0: All right, we're going to check in with the sponsors real quick. We'll be right back.
1: Yeah, all right. WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Winbet, WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are tons of ways to win, include live betting and same-game parlays, a.k.a. the WinBets Build Your Own Bet. March Madness is almost here. Plus, there are plenty of ways of win to win and getting down with the NBA, the NHL, or the XFL. Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, get $100. It is limited to state availability. And of course, for our DGENS only, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you will get a free $1,000 credit. There are so many things to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so that they know we sent you. Again, that's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Offer is subject to change. Terms and condition at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. We are also brought to you by the SGPN merch store, and we continue to add new items to the store every single day. So head over head over to store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com to get your favorite shirt, hat, sweater, hoodie, little mini helmet you see up on the screen on the on my shelf back here. This nice canvas. I got a coffee cup. I got a headband coming for our nice flag football tournament. They got a ton of things for you. Go check out the third leg of our parlay shorts, one of my favorite items in uh, in the store for sure.
0: Yeah, uh, you can check out Brad's third leg on the uh, Sports Game Podcast. My parlay, right
1: of my parlay. <laughs> okay,
0: okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, as far as the 107, Anthony Richardson is going to be one of the most polarizing players in the draft. If you listen to Daniel Jeremiah's media call today, They asked him, at 18, do you really think that the Lions, who have other needs, are going to go after a quarterback, especially after Jared Goff had a great year and has two more years on his contract? They said, yeah, when you have two first-round picks, you have the potential to just use one of those to get one of these lottery tickets, and he is the lottery ticket that has the biggest payout out of all these guys. That's exactly what they said, but they put the caveat don't worry too much detroit cuz he's not going to be available at 18 they think he's going to go in the top 10 or top 15 in this draft and this guy thinks he's going to go there too so adam is excited about him and adam gets him at the you know gets him right right behind will levis both of those players very interesting the fits are going to be extremely important and what could be interesting with richardson <coughs> if he goes to a team and has to sit for a year. You took the 108. That's that's gonna be tough because he's probably gonna be a guy that's just benefits. 107. Next pick. Yeah, he's he's
1: at the 107. You're taking a guy that's gonna sit one or two weeks or one or two years. So I, I don't like it uh personally, but we've talked about uh Anthony Richardson a couple times on this pod. So taking a look at the 108, this can be Jordan Addison, a uh, wide receiver out of USC a former Belindicoff Award winner when he was at Pitt last season in the 2021 season. And I'll tell you right now, a lot of people are going to look at his stats and say, you know what, he had only 800 and some odd yards. He he didn't look as good. He wasn't explosive. And I think really, you know, Daniel Jeremiah probably put it the best that when you watch, he didn't have to make these spectacular catches because (laughs) Caleb Williams is a bad dude. He's a bad man, and the ball's just on point every single throw. So Jordan Addison didn't have to do the things that he did at Pitt with Kenny Pickett and nobody else on that offense. They had a lot of other receivers, and Caleb Williams is good enough to get it to whoever's open, Uh, and you see that on film. Jordan Addison, to me, looked like the same player. He's a Devonta Smith with me with a little bit lesser of a wingspan. He doesn't have that huge wingspan like what Devonta Smith has, but he has the ability to take the top off of the defense, which I really like. He is my wide receiver one, and to be able to get him at the 108, I think is a great call.
0: Yeah, and the 109 is Quentin Johnston, and, and that's going to be an interesting, interesting pick. Um, they also talked about how Big 12 receivers do not have a good track record, but they also had him going pretty high on the board. They actually had him going to the Chargers at the 21 spot, I believe. And the reason was really they, they need some speed on that offense. He offers a big body just like Mike Williams, but he's faster than Mike Williams. And so they're looking for someone that can be that big playmaker down the field. that can stretch the, you know, stretch the defense. Maybe it's Quentin Johnston. Maybe it's one of these other guys you talk about later, but you see these three receivers off the board. They're very different players. Quentin Johnston's more of an outside player, big body receiver, got a little bit more speed. Jordan Addison has the burst. He's my number one receiver. I'm actually just I'm moving, him, moving him, keeping him a number one. I like the route runners, the technicians, but he also adds the athleticism. And JSN, he's not as much of an athlete as Addison, even though he is a good route runner and he's great in in uh, both man and uh you know zone defenses. Um, really, just gotta see. You know, haven't seen him in a while, but I just I like to. I like what we've seen from Addison as far as the athleticism.
1: Yeah, at the one ten we're looking at. I told Dave before we started the show. I'm targeting the one hundred eight to one ten because of this player, and that's Zach Charbonnet, running back for the UCLA Bruins. He is my RB three in the class right now. I can't jump him above these, you know, Jameer Gibbs and obviously not Bijan Robinson, but I wouldn't argue with somebody who wanted to put Zach Charbonnet at two. Look, this is a guy who's run for over a thousand yards two seasons in a row. We've seen the growth in the receiving game from freshman to sophomore to junior year. He looks excellent. And even if you go back to his freshman year when he was at Michigan splitting time, he still looked good, and in 2020 decided to transfer to USC UCLA instead of splitting time, and he just dominated in that Chip Kelly offense. I think he's going to be a beast at the next level. He's a big guy, 6'1", like 220. Uh, I'm hoping he weighs in a little bit more, but I'm two 220 is good. 220 is solid, so I love this pick at the 110. I think you're getting an absolute steal, and if you are in The second, let's say you don't have a first round pick, but you've got that early second. I'm trying to find a way to move from the early second to the back end of the first just for Zach Charbonnet. That's how confident I am of the skill set and what he's going to be able to do at the next level.
0: Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see a lot of your rookie drafts. You're seeing uh, premium on the running backs and you're seeing too early, too late first round running backs. And then there's, they're sprinkled all over the second and third round. And you can see a lot of those running backs, especially if they get day two draft capital and a good landing spot, move up into that back end of the first, early second round and move some of these receivers to the back. Sean Tucker's the next running back off the board at 111. Uh, Tucker is, you know, he's another guy that people are all over the place with him. See seen people have him as high as RB3. People have him at RB8 and 9. I mean, he is a fast productive runner he's good in the in he's good in the receiving game more of a you know tunnel screen screen type of player he's not going to be lined up out wide um, you know like a uh, Austin Eckler or anything like that or Chris McCaffrey but the way he was used I mean he was that offense at Syracuse and he's got some speed and so um, decent size on him we'll, we'll see next pick. Yeah, so
1: they rounded out the first round with Michael Mayer, tight end out of Notre Dame. Tight end one on a lot of people's boards. There's, there's a lot of hype around Dalton Kincaid, which I'm sure we'll get to here in a little while. But Michael Mayer is my solidified, as my number one. And it's because he's a tight end that doesn't need to come off the field right now. He can block, he can catch, he can do everything you ask him to do. Uh, he's not a burner. He's not an Evan Ingram or Dalton Kincaid for, as a receiver. He really looks like a linebacker when he's running down the field. Believe Like, this is a big man, 265 pounds running down the field. But he can, like I said, do anything and everything that you ask an NFL tight end to do. And coming out of that Notre Dame offense, he's very familiar with those things. He's been doing it for three years at this point. He got on the field quite a bit as a freshman, had two solid seasons after that, and I expect that to continue on. He was a highly touted tight end, had a ton of offers from huge colleges, ended up going to Notre Dame, and I think it's going to suit him well. And if he gets into a a location, he's going to be that three down tight end, which is what you want. You want a guy that's going to be on the field every play, and I think he's that guy.
0: We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog is your home for offseason. NFL best ball drafts, but they also got you covered for a ton of other daily games, including NBA, NHL, and PGA. Underdog Fantasy is a great way to get down on your favorite player props. They're not available in your state. Head over over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. All right. Well, let's get into the second round. Brad, was there anything from that first round that, that really stood out to you? I'm I'm Anthony Richardson is kind of the and I get it.
1: You're gonna see it in a lot of drafts. That's the one I'm just not comfortable spending that high first round pick, one for such a raw prospect and two for a guy that's going to be sitting a year or two. I just can't pull the trigger. And then my second favorite, and you know, I kind of alluded to this before, is that 110 and Zach Charbonnet. I love that pick. To be able to – what draft can you think of that you're getting the RB3 at the 110? Like it's just not – running backs typically come off a little bit earlier in the process, and I love being able to get a guy that has a three-down skill set – At the 110, it just, that is smashing value for me.
0: And so 201 was Zay Flowers out of Boston College. Zay Flowers, uh, he showed up today, weighed a little bit more than people were expecting. Been working out at about 18 pounds of muscle. And so we'll see how that translates at the combine. This is a, you know, obviously a smaller receiver, kind of a Marquise Brown type as far as the size. Um, profiles just like a lot of these guys to be a slot receiver. He's sure-handed, good route runner, tough guy and uh you know a, a lot of people have him in the second round and as possibly a top 5 receiver. So um, getting him at 201 two should be uh, you know that be good value.
1: Yeah, you've got a similar thing coming out of the two hundred two and Keishawn Boutte, wide receiver out of LSU. A guy coming into this season that people said this dude might be the wide receiver one out of the class, and just had a really disappointing season. Uh, you know, head coaching changes, some some ruffled feathers there that just never really let him hit the ground running. He had a stellar rookie season, was on pace for a better sophomore season before he hurt his le- his ankle against Kentucky. Uh, And just like I said, it just never clicked this season with a head coaching change and and everything else that was going on there. Some some drama. Uh, I do expect this dude's got some stellar catches uh, on on film. This dude could be the best wide receiver out of everybody. Right. You just don't know. And to have that kind of upside at the 202, I think, is killer value. And I really like the pick.
0: Yeah, he's got, he's got a lot of the athletic tools you're looking for. Six foot, 200 pounds. Kind of the, you know, other guys are too small. Quinton Johnson's a bigger dude. He's kind of yeah. right in that sweet spot. Six foot, 200 pounds. And, uh, you know, as far as the, the upside, he's got one of the bigger upsides in this class. Um, Zach Evans at 203. You talked earlier about getting the RB3 at the, the 110 spot. A lot of people have Zach Evans as the RB3. and You're getting him at 203. Um, Could be another, you know, you saw it with with Rashad White last year, Damian Pierce, Brian Robinson, a lot of good running backs, second round. Tyler Algier was maybe the third round. I mean, there are some good running backs and, uh, you know, you just got to find the right situations and uh, you'll see landing spot, I think is going to move, push some of these guys up. And then maybe some of the other guys, you know, the receivers and tight ends and maybe one of the quarterbacks, if he's not a starter, get moved back a little bit.
1: Yep. All right. Coming in at the 204 is Dalton Kincaid, another tight end out of Utah, the Ute. Uh, and this is this is Dave's guy, right? You saw him up there shaking that number one finger because it is his number one. Dave loves this guy, and I get it. You watch him, you you know, Dave turned me on to that USC game. You go and you watch it, and it is complete and utter domination. There is nothing – you have not seen something like this from a tight end before until you go watch that game. It's unbelievable. Dude catches – runs the play full speed, catches the ball, gets up, and literally is like wincing in pain on the way back to the huddle and then goes back and catches the ball again. It's absolutely insane. He is a playmaker. He catches the ball with his hands, and he catches it. It's not Evan Ingram catch where he catches and then drops it. He actually sure-handed catches the ball. It looks really good, and I think it's going to translate to the next level. You've seen some mocks where maybe he goes to the Packers at 15. Like, whew, man, like, I don't know what's the quarterback situation is Jordan love the guy there or not. But I think the upside that you get out of Dalton Kincaid at the two Oh four with some of the other guys on the board right now, I'm totally okay. Taking that upside right now.
0: Yeah. I love Kincaid for me. It's like, uh, like Michael Mayer is kind of a Jason Witten type and in Dalton Kincaid, my favorite player as a kid was Jeremy Shockey and reminds me a lot of Jeremy Shockey, but I'll give the Greg Olson comparison if we're going to, You know, stick with me, Fox broadcasters. Um, Kendra Miller at the 205 spot. Another guy that's potentially in your top five of running backs. Very, very productive running back. And Zach Evans transferred out of town to open up the spot. This was the first year that Kendra really had the the backfield to himself. And he dominated. He absolutely dominated. I know Max Duggins and, and Quentin Johnson got all the headlines. This guy was a huge reason why they got to the national championship game. Unfortunately hurt his ankle during the game versus Michigan. He wasn't able to play in the national championship game, but this guy has developed a lot as a runner. You see, he's got the prototypical size that you're looking for. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He can block. I I have him firmly in my top five. I, I really do like Kendrick Miller. And I think in your drafts in May, He's not going to be available at 206
1: or 205. Yep. All right, let's move on to the 206. Another running back, a little bit of a run here. It's going to be Tank Bigsby, the running back out of Auburn. And this is, if you watch, he's probably one of the better running backs, just pure running backs in the draft. This dude has great vision. He's got speed and power to go with it. He just doesn't have those pass-catching chops that a lot of us are looking for now. So likely he, and I'm not equating him to the type of player, but like that Damian Pierce type of role where he's going to be a first and second down back, and that's really about it. So he's going to be touchdown and volume dependent. And if you're in a half point PPR, half point or full point PPR league, it could be a little bit of a challenge for you to find a way to get him into your starting lineup or to really trust him in your starting lineup from a week to week basis. But if you look at this point in the draft, what are you looking for? You're looking for, okay, I'm in the mid to late second. I'm looking for those guys like you talked about him earlier, Tyler Algier. Who can fall into some upside? The Damian, Damian Pierce was a second round pick last year. This is the spot where you start to take those shots with guys who may be behind somebody that takes, you know, an injury to get behind, but you know, has the skill set to produce. And I think Tank, Tank Bigsby is that guy.
0: Yeah, we talked about on the show, you saw a lot of these, you know, after the bye week, we're used to them switching to the quarterback. A lot of these teams switch to the younger running back. And so, you know, they ran Leonard Fournette to the ground, came out of the bye week. Rashad White is all over the place. You saw it with, with Isaiah Pacheco. You saw it with uh, you know, Damian Pierce kind of took over in third week or fourth week. But you saw it with Tyler Algier. You saw it with uh, Pacheco. and You saw Rash- Rashad White. And there was a couple other, you know, running backs with similar situations. They really handed it over to them. Um, the next guy off the board is Devin Chain. Both of us aren't really huge fans of him. I'm not a big fan of outliers. And, you know, Bill Parcells talked about it. He said, Tom Landry told me you don't draft, you, you don't, you want to draft stereotypes when you get a whole bunch of outliers. Next season, you're going to get a whole bunch of exceptions. De- you With know, Devin Achane, he's just, he's, he's one of the fastest guys in the draft. And he might be a really good football player. But as far as fantasy production, it's going to be really tough to get a guy that's this size because he's not going to get the he's not projected to get the volume of some of these other guys because of his size. If he's only getting 8 to 10 touches a game, that's going to be really hard to get some fantasy value.
1: Yeah. All right, let's move on to the 208, and that's going to be Josh Downs wide receiver for the UNC Tar Heels. This is a guy, another undersized wide receiver, but really somebody who's got the speed and the quickness to take the top off of a defense. He's got 2,000-yard seasons under his belt, one with Sam Howell last year and then this year a little bit less, but but still broke that 1,000-yard mark. There are a lot of people saying, hey, this guy could be a late first-round, early second-round draft pick at the wide receiver position, and if he gets that kind of draft capital to go to a place, right? we talked about the Chargers, right? The Chargers looking for that speed element. The Houston Texans looking for something like a speed element to go with John Mechie and Nico Collins. Something like that, I think you're really going to be looking at a situation where he gets the opportunity right off the bat and can really produce some big play potential for you on a dynasty team. And when you're looking at the 208, like I said with Tank Bigsby, you're looking at those shots. Who are those shots that can give you boom weeks? And I think he could be that guy.
0: Yeah, and Downs is going to be a very interesting player again because of the size. Um, there are some durability concerns. They talked about on Move the Sticks. Felt like every time this guy got hit, he was wincing in pain or something was wrong. He's still um, played though. He's smaller, dude, and yeah. he's going to get bigger hits going from the ACC to the <laughs> NFL. Um, and you know he's he's not a, he's not a, a you know, he is a tough player. That's definitely not what we're saying. You've seen times where he's the red zone target. And he's, you know, he's the smallest, smallest receiver on the field. He gets smashed and he holds on to the ball. Like he's, Drake may love him. Yeah,
1: well, and you can compare him to another, this may be a cop-out, but another North Carolina Tar Heel who came out a couple years ago and De'Ami Brown, right? It's very similar skill set, same school, doing the same thing, taking the top off the defense, a smaller, undersized guy. Uh, and who, you know, I don't think he's got anything just because you got Jahan Dotson and the rest of the, the team there in front of him. Uh, But it's a very similar skill set coming out of North Carolina.
0: Well, and then Jalen Hyatt, this guy is someone that absolutely burst onto the scene this year. A lot of people will be nervous with the one-year production. Um, It's you know that's something we've seen in the past. Someone has one-year production or a late breakout, and they kind of they kind of fools gold. Um, With Hyatt, another concern is his you know the fact that he could be a boom-bust type of a player. That's, you know, not necessarily a consistent week to week guy. Um, but what we know is this guy absolutely balled out last year. And he was someone that you know, he was when he was targeted down the field or across the middle. The quarterbacks had a perfect passer rating. Uh, he was he's he's a guy can take a five yard slant route and take it to the house or he can just run by the corners. And and take it to the house. He's a big play machine, and he's doing it against good competition. He absolutely, he he absolutely destroyed Alabama, and then he played well against Georgia, played well against the other SEC teams, and we're seeing a little Tennessee, you know, thing down here. Jalen Hyatt, another one of those fast players that could end up, you know, on the Chargers or one of those teams that's looking for some speed.
1: Yep, speed speed gets you drafted right now, right? If you think about how these drafts have shown up in the last few years, that the speed just drives you up the draft board. And they're going to be looking at that, especially when you got a guy who was able to win the Belenikoff also. So, all right, let's move on to the 110. And it's going to be Jalen Hyatt's quarterback for most of the season this year and all season last year in the 2021 season. That's going to be Hendon Hooker coming off that ACL injury. Look. He's my QB four right now. I have him well above Anthony Richardson. It's not even close. Uh, I think while he still has some improvements to make as a passer, uh, he is leaps and bounds over Anthony Richardson. And while he's not the rusher that Anthony Richardson is, he can still move with his legs. He can move within the pocket. He can get you first downs. He's a guy that can still move the ball with his legs. He's got some rushing upside. It's just not Lamar Jackson, Anthony Richard. Richardson rushing upside. Uh, and I, to me, that's what I want. I want somebody who can play the position of quarterback as well as give me some rushing upside. And to be able to get this guy at the 210, I get it. The NFL draft's not here. Maybe he falls because teams are worried the, the medicals don't clear well with his ACL. He's got some age concerns because he's an older guy. Look, I don't care. I, I don't care about the age. I don't care about the ACL. Those things are not huge factors into playing the quarterback position, especially when you see skill position players come back from those better than they were beforehand or just as good. So I think getting Hinden Hooker at the 210. Is a smash and in another area of the draft that I would be targeting if you think your league is very similar to this one and he might fall. I don't think the 210 is going to be typical for and Hooker in most rookie drafts.
0: Yeah, it, it really, I mean, if you see him get late first round draft capital, he's going in the first round. Yeah. If you see him get second round draft capital, he'll probably be a little bit higher or about this. Um, I'm a huge hooker fan. I, I definitely have some concerns of the age. ACL is not a huge concern. Um, he's 25 years old. He's, in the last two years, had amazing production. And it's uh, like his TD, his QB rate, QBR was, was great. His TD to interception ratio was great. And you see the rushing upside with the passing. You're seeing someone throw for 68 touchdowns in two years but he's also running for about a 1,000 yards. And he only threw, what, five interceptions during that time? And so um, he's he's definitely someone I'm very interested in. Um, we got Abinaconda, Izzy at the 111. This is another player, extremely productive. 20 touchdowns last year. A extremely good runner. He's a track guy. Got a little bit of a smaller frame as far as his lower half, but this guy is an absolute speedster. Big fan, and I, I love him here at the one eleven. I do not think he's gonna or two eleven. I don't think he's gonna be there. I think he's gonna be one of those guys that pushed up the board. A lot of people that are smarter than I am are big fans, and I'm I'm really uh, following suit. And I think the NFL is gonna be a big fan of this guy.
1: Yeah, he's definitely starting to creep up in conversations around the industry right now. So it would not shock me if he starts to rise either. All right, so wrapping out the second round, we're looking at Cedric Tillman, wide receiver for the Tennessee Volunteers, Jalen Hyatt and Hooker, teammate. Uh, And this was the big guy of the squad. This is a dude who had over 1,000 yards last year, struggled this season with some, some injuries and whatnot. But this is like that Mike Williams type. He doesn't have huge speed, but he's got that size. He's got the ability to track the ball. He can break a tackle and give you big yards after the catch. He's a dude that can do all of those things. And at the 212, you're getting a prototypical X size wide receiver who has big playability. You, you're telling me that's what I can get at the 212? Yep. I'm okay with that. I'm going to smash it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's not going to light the combine on fire, um, no, but he's definitely, definitely a guy <laughs> yeah, definitely. that, you know, he's really tough to bring down. And he looks like your prototypical uh, chain mover, possession receiver, a lot of Robert Woods kind of comparisons. Um, Kenny McIntosh starts off the third round 301. Kenny McIntosh is someone that, you know, he, if he had the backfield to himself, I think would be much higher on here. Very athletic, extremely good pass catcher. And the production's really not there from the years before because James cook and, and, and Zamir white. But this guy is a really fun player. And because of his receiving ability, I think fantasy people are going to really, really like this guy.
1: Yeah, Georgia is one of those schools you just have to take with a grain of salt, right? You got Sean Moreno come out, 200 carry guy. But didn't get all of the touches when he was at Georgia. Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle split in time. Zamir White, James Cook splitting like it's just how Georgia runs the show. That's what they do. They've done it for a long time. And I think they're going to continue to do that. So you gotta, you gotta read into that a little bit when you look at Kenny McIntosh. And when you can get a guy with the pass catching chops that he has at the 301, that's that's really, really good value especially when you're looking at some of these other guys that you're projecting a little bit, right? So the next guy that we'd be projecting would be Roshon Johnson. Roshon Johnson has never rushed for more than 600 rushing yards in a season in college because he's been buried behind Bijan Robinson. So now we're projecting what we think Roshon Johnson could do with adequate volume. He's not going to be that pass-catching guy, though. So very much like I talked about Tank Bigsby earlier, I see Roshan Johnson in a similar light. This is a first and second down guy who likely isn't going to be that pass-catching guy. He's a big dude, 6'2", 220-some-odd pounds. He's a bigger guy. Uh, he's got that size on his, side, on his side, but he is a really patient, good running back as well. So another one of these guys that given some opportunity, maybe an injury ahead of him, can fall into some really productive weeks for you on your dynasty roster.
0: Yeah. So um, I, I got my NFL communications pronunciation guide. And apparently I've been saying this, guy, this guy's name wrong, um, but I I don't trust the guy. It also said it's Kayshawn Booty. Um, Booty, yeah. B's yawn Robinson. And this is, instead of uh, <laughs> J, it's, was it uh Ty, yeah, we got Tajay Spears here, but that's there's Tajaw Spears um at me if you want to know what I'm talking about. Um <laughs> a lot of people are probably throwing eggs at the screen right here because Tajay or Tajaw Spears at 303. What? I mean, that right there is a guy that's one of the fastest movers in this draft. If you didn't know who he was two months ago, you absolutely know who he is now. This guy, it came into the Senior Bowl at 204 pounds and kind of put to bed some of the concerns that people had about the weight. And he looked great. He was turning heads, and he definitely was trending as far as all the buzz on Twitter and all the podcasts after that. And you're seeing this guy is at the combine. He's going to run fast. I mean, he, he's just he he is, he's he's going to check every box, and hopefully the medical goes well for him. Rasheed Rice at the at the 304.
1: Yeah, I love this pick. This is a guy that has a little bit more prototypical size. He's 6'2" 203 pounds, Uh very productive wide receiver all three seasons at SMU. Uh 600 plus yards his freshman season, 800 plus yards his sophomore season, over 1000 over 1300 yards last season. He's a sure-handed guy. He has a really nice wingspan, can change direction really well. He's got a lot of the tools that if he's gets if he ends up going somewhere that's got a really solid wide receiver coach, right? I think place and I hate saying this out loud, but like Pittsburgh, they have a history of being a very good wide receiver developing team, right? A place like that where they can continue to garner his skill set and move forward I think this dude would be a solid steal at the 304. Uh, I think, you know, if I go back to the Steelers, I think that's a great spot. They move on from Deontay Johnson after next year with his contract being over and you're able to look at move Rasheed Rice into that and pair him up with George Pickens. That's like a dream spot for me for Rasheed Rice because I do think he needs a year of development. But a guy that's really produced at at the, the college level, and has the skill set to give you boom weeks at the next level.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm not as bullish on Rashid Rice. I see a lot of, you know, bubble screens underneath routes where he can use his athleticism after the catch and you know really compile a lot of stats. I didn't see a lot of him getting open one on one. and he does not, he's not a separator. He's definitely is Beautiful not one of those red
1: offense.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you. Um But as far as the next pick, it's Marvin Mims at the 205 spot. Mims is another one of those guys where um, smaller guy, big play guy, like his yards, air yards and yards per target are through the roof. And, you know, he's got got some speed, some big playability. Teams are really going to like him. He did not benefit at all by staying in Oklahoma. Obviously, loyalty is important, and and maybe the coaches and stuff will reward him for that. But – Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams leaving is not a good thing, and then half the other team, half the squad went to South Carolina. Half the one went because in South Carolina they call it USC, so half went to USC and half went to USC, uh, Southern California. So um, he stayed put, and uh, yeah, they were okay this year, but definitely not type of offense we're used to seeing. Yeah.
1: All right, moving at the 306, we got our third tight end off the board being Darnell Washington. I have a weird love of this guy. Just watching him on the, he's a monster. He's six foot seven, like 270 pounds. This dude's a defensive, not, not even, he's an offensive lineman playing tight end. He was definitely buried behind Bowers. I get it. He's nowhere near the talent that Brock Bowers is, but he did put some good stuff on film. The, just the amount of production is the problem. He's a, he's a big, tall, physical tight end. He's not going to burn anybody. He's not going to outrun anybody, but he really does have a skill set to work the middle of the field, which I think can really be a huge benefit at the tight end position with just huge yards per catch opportunity for him. And when you're looking at the the middle of the third, this you're taking shots here. Um, I don't know if I'd swing at Darnell Washington as much as I love the guy. I'd probably go with Luke Musgrave over Darnell Washington here if I'm looking to take a shot at a tight end, just because of the hype around Musgrave, the talk around the first round, the talk about the athleticism. Uh, but I do have right now Darnell Washington is my tight end three, uh, and Luke Musgrave is my tight end four. I just don't think it's going to stay that
0: way. And and Washington's going to get he might get drafted higher. He has uh, – I mean, he's a he's like an extra tackle out there. That's why I said. Um, he's an offensive lineman. Yeah, and, and so – which is great. And, you know, it's, I love big man touchdowns. But I, as far as a consistent fantasy producer, you want to yards out for the catch kind of a guy. Musgrave and Kincaid are more your guys uh, looking at the board. Uh, Nathaniel Tank Dell at the 207. Another smaller receiver, and he's – Really small. Um, This guy, we'll see what he can weigh. If he balloons up to 190 pounds, it'll be a miracle. Um, He's a small receiver, but another guy where the production just jumps out at you. This guy was extremely productive, high volume pass catcher, uh, uh, high efficiency as far as the touchdowns and and the yards per catch. Um, Just absolutely a, a good player. But we've seen this before where these good players come from these kind of smaller conferences and it's, it's hard. I mean, they're just, there's such a big difference between a 190 or 195 pound receiver and 160 pound receiver.
1: Yep. Yep. I am in love with these next five picks. These are, this might be my favorite five pick stretch of the draft. And it starts out with Chase Brown running back from, from Illinois. You look, the numbers jump out at you. Over 1,600 yards this year, over 1,000 yards last year rushing. The touchdown numbers aren't there yet, uh, but I think that might have a little bit more to do with the fact that he played for Illinois and not necessarily Chase Brown's problem. Uh, He forced an enormous number of missed tackles this year. 83. 83 missed forced tackles this season a guy that has that ability to make you miss. He's got the speed to break the run. I really like the upside here for Chase Brown, taking your shot in the third round as somebody who might get some opportunity down the stretch.
0: This guy was an absolute workhorse. He had about 400 touches last year. Yep. 320 some odd carries. Yeah. had like 50 catches. I mean, this guy was the entire Illinois offense. They were like, just give him the ball. And so, like, that's not great as far as what you – we don't want to see people use like that. And that's 12 games. I well, mean, and he's a
1: five-year player also. Right? Yeah, so and so doesn't. he's
0: got a little bit more wear and tear on his body than others. But this guy's yoked up. He's uh, he's a big guy. He can carry a three-down workload, obviously. And um, he had his, uh, his uh, pants tucked into his pads during the uh, um, Senior Bowl. And you talk about a quad shot. Um, this guy is debut. He's trying to get into the uh, the, the, Sa- quad. Yeah, the Saquon, Dillon, uh, yeah, the Saquon AJ Dillon fraternity of quad um, <laughs> next, quad fathers. My next, the next pick father. is my favorite pick. I would have ran this one up. I would have taken Eric Gray at the beginning of this round, at least. Actually, I would have taken him ahead of a chain. I would have taken him ahead of Bigsby. I would have had him that high. I am that high on Eric Gray. I get it. He's a, he's another one of those guys, a little older, kind of like Khalil Herbert coming out, a little bit older, but he's got the he's 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 one of the players that I, you can do everything. He can pass, block, he can catch. He's he's one of the best rushers in this class, and I think he's being underrated. And I loved it. Lance Sterling was there, given you know Tajay Spears uh, his flowers, and he said, oh, "Not so fast." Let's talk about Eric Gray. He said, "Eric Gray, I have a little bit higher." than spears and daniel jeremiah was like whoa okay and so Daniel jeremiah is he likes gray but he he has spears higher but gray is someone that you just you see him you see him play and you're like this this guy could start on an nfl team and um they graded him out as an average starter in the nfl next pick all right rakim jarrett wide receiver
1: for maryland um This is an interesting pick because you look at between him and the other Maryland receiver, uh, Demas, pick your poison. Who do you like more? Some people like Demas more. Some people like Jarrett more. Jarrett was the touted prospect. This dude had offers from LSU and some of the other big power five schools, Georgia, USC, like just a lot of schools were after him. He was a five-star recruit, and it just never really – came to fruition, right? Tug of Viola just, he just didn't pan out, I think, how Maryland thought he might pan out. Rakim Jarrett's best season was his sophomore season, had just over 800 yards, but he's never he's never been that touchdown guy. He's more of a possession guy. Uh, I equated him to a Stephon Diggs type of player, right? He's not a guy that's going to give you, you know, 100 touchdowns. He's going to give you 100 catches maybe for a thousand yards, a little low yards per carry or yards per catch, but he's going to be kind of that possession guy for you. And some people like that. Some people don't Right? that it caps the upside, which I think is why you see this guy falling down into the third, not to mention the fact he only had like 400 yards receiving this year, which is, is not great. So,
0: uh, and to clarify, Brad's more talking about Stephon Diggs as a prospect, obviously. Correct. This guy's been the number yes. one overall receiver in fantasy yeah. football. So he has pretty good upside. But Jared, you know. Thank you for that. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't need to hear about that. Later. Yeah, Jared. Jared is definitely someone that you know. He did not benefit from a poor offense on a bad team with bad quarterback play. Um, and, and some of these guys, like I said, loyalty is, is something that you know is is kind of a thing of the past. Now that college football is more of a business, they can only transfer one time. But the fact they can play right away, you'd like to see some of these guys pursued like free agents and, and really like you would like to see them make good business decisions to go to other schools. And I, and I get it like staying in school with your team and and doing the right thing is, you know, like that, that's special. Um, But when it doesn't work out for you, it's just unfortunate. Deuce Vaughn at three eleven. This is another guy. I'm telling you right now, if I put a blind resume up, and just put him against Bijan Robinson. Didn't tell you the size or the speed. Play the same division. You would one hundred percent want Deuce Vaughn on your team. Except for they are totally different. It's like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Dave Vito. I mean, they are <laughs> totally different dudes. But Deuce Vaughn, his his stats are unbelievable. Go look him up. This guy is going to be Ray JQ is saying this guy's going to be a case study because of his size. I mean, he's more of a I, I tried to do the um Darren Sproles comparison, but Sproles is a little bigger. Tariq Cohen, um, kind of guy. Was like 190, wasn't he? Yeah. And so we'll see what he comes in at the, the official measurements, but he's a small dude, and we'll we'll see how he, he translates to the NFL. The last pick of the third round, sir.
1: Yeah. Dwayne McBride, the complete opposite, kind of that prototypical size, 5'11", 2'15", gave you a huge season at UAB with over 1,700 rushing yards by the end of the season, gave you almost 20 touchdowns, so close, 19, dude that can do it all. That rushing guy, again, uh, I think this is that perfect kind of Mr. relevant for a lot of dynasty leagues that stop in the end of the third round. You say, hey, if he gets the opportunity, he's a three down guy. He proved he could do it at UAB. Granted, it is lesser competition, blah, blah, blah. But he dominated. It wasn't even close. He had a couple 200. I think the last season of the game, he had like 250 some odd yards rushing. Like he's just completely dominant at the level that he was asked to play at. And you can't knock him for that, right? You can't say, oh, well, he played at UAB and then just ignore the fact that he dominated every team that he played against, right? So I think there is obviously going to be some growing pains for him. He's not going to step into a starting role. But at 312, again, that Mr. Irrelevant for a lot of dynasty leagues, that's a great pick at the 312.
0: All right. Well, we're not going to go through the whole fourth round. We're already a little bit into the 50-minute the mark. Brad, I, I know there's a guy you want to talk about in this second round. Let's talk about Parker Washington.
1: Yes, that's my dude. And it may or may not have anything to do with the fact that I graduated from Penn State. So, I, I mean, there's a little bit of bias there. I just, some again, he's a guy that's got great body control. He's got great hands. He comes up with a lot of contested catches. He's that possession guy. And I think... that earns a role on the NFL field. And in PPR leagues, if you get a guy who can get you six catches for 50 yards, that's a good flex week. That's a serviceable flex week. In the fourth round, you're not looking for a guy who's going to give you a wide receiver one season. You're looking for a guy that's going to fill you on some bye weeks, fill that flex position some. And I think Parker Washington, out of all of these, could step onto an NFL field right now and produce.
0: Yeah. And we talk about it a lot where, you know, like it seems like certain teams shop at certain places and you think about it, like, of course, if coaching changes and styles and systems change then it, it it all goes away. But when you have the same coaching staff in place, they're going to recruit the same type of players. They're going to have the same coaching style. So when you see this guy, you see a lot of Jahan Dotson with the strong hands and the body control and really kind of a, a receiver that overcame a little bit of, of poor quarterback play. And, you know, Parker Washington one of those guys that really stands out in this round to me. Luke Musgraves, another one I would have taken him over Washington, like I said earlier. I think because of how he runs at the combine, I think there's going to be some more buzz on him. He's about 250, 255 pounds, so he's a lot lighter than, than, you know, Washington is and some of the other tight ends. But he's expected to run like a 4-5. And if he runs a four or five at, at 250, 255, people are going to take note. And you're going to see him move up the board. And there's a couple guys here, you know, of course, there's always this huge player pool. And then you have the draft and it shrinks because half the guys got bad landing spots. Half the guy, you're not half, but uh, 20 guys got bad landing spots. 10 guys got bad draft capital. And you're going, man. There's not as much as I thought there would be because right now you're like, I mean, a couple picks in the, in the fourth round is still pretty nice. Yeah. Abraham is a, a good player. He's a little older, you know, a little bit more wear and tear. Hull is a good running back. I mean, there's a couple guys that aren't even drafted. Yep. You know, kid out of Michigan State. Yeah. He's, he's, he's a good receiver.
1: I'm surprised to see Chris Rodriguez on here from Kentucky. That shocked me.
0: Well, I mean, so. there's a couple guys that did not make this list that probably should be in the top in the top four rounds, but there is about 50 60 players that you know you could you could see a lot of those guys move up into the fourth and third round on draft day or after the combine when people start taking more notice of them.
1: Hey, don't sleep on Jaron Hall at that four eleven spot. Like
0: <laughs> well, as always, we appreciate you guys hanging out. Any likes, subscribes, and comments are super appreciated. It helps support the show and, uh, you know, appreciate you guys uh, going through me a little sick today. So uh appreciate you hanging in there with me as always. Good luck this season. Cheers.